everybody said praise the Lord. If you have a Bible this morning, I'm turning to the book of Hebrews. I have two verses for you before we get started with our lesson. to interpret. Hebrews chapter 5, and I would turn your attention to verse 12, Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. What I would really like for you to pay attention to in this particular verse is the, the term, the first principles of the oracles of God. And then the next chapter, chapter 6, verse 1, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance, from dead works and of faith towards God. Once again, if you'll pay attention to the principles of the doctrine of Christ. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. It's uh, good to have each and every one of you here this morning. We're going to give you a handout to put in your binder. Is there anybody that does not have a binder this morning? If you left one at home, it's no problem. You know, you can just take this and home and put it in your binder. going to go over the first principles of the doctrine of Christ this morning. Hope everybody will uh, pay strict attention and try to comprehend this morning, take this all in, try to build from week to week what we give you in the to put in your binder, okay? happy for each and every one of you that's here this morning. If you'll look at your handout, it says, First Principles of the Doctrine of Christ. Let me first tell you that principles are fundamentals or basics, but they are essential basics, essential truth. There are things that are necessary. There are things that are required. There are things without which you will not have a foundation or a strong foundation. If we likened it to the pouring of a slab here in Bell Glade, then you have to do certain things so that you can have a good, strong foundation. Not just a foundation, but a good, strong foundation. And so it's important that we draw from the Word of God things that not only give us a foundation, but they give us a strong foundation. Everybody said praise the Lord. In Isaiah 28 and 16, this is the first one on your, on your hand out there, uh, Isaiah 28 and 16, the Lord said that he would lay in Zion, which is the church, for a foundation. It would 
be a stone, a tried stone, a precious stone, a chief cornerstone, a sure foundation, not something unsure. One of the most remarkable things about coming to the knowledge of the truth, along with being baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, you receive an assurance, you receive a strength and a peace that passes all understanding, the Scripture said, and you receive guidelines, you receive stability, you receive security. Now, there is a false teaching that has been around for many years, uh, very common to a particular denomination, and they will teach you that once you're saved, well, first and foremost, they don't know how to get saved, but they teach once you're saved that you're always saved. And this is a false teaching. This is not what your scripture teaches. When you start reading the Bible, particularly in the New Testament, in the time in which we live and operate, then you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are four accounts of the one gospel, the gospel being the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then you begin to read the book of Acts. That would be the very next book, the fifth book of the New Testament. This is where Jesus gave birth to his church, and this is where he launched his church to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. And so uh, what you get here then is not only a knowledge of salvation, but you see people get the salvation through the word of God and how they, how they operated then in the church going forth to reach people and give them the salvation that had been given to them. And so then we come to the next book, which is the book of Romans. And now Romans is a letter or an epistle that is written to people that have already gotten what the book of Acts is describing. They have been baptized in Jesus' name, and they have been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, okay? And so now they're in the body of Christ. They're saved. What are they saved from or delivered from? They're saved, which means delivered they're from sin. Jesus Christ, the Bible said, he came to save us from our sins, okay? Not in our sins, but from our sins. If you were in a great big pit, a horrible pit, the scripture called it, and Jesus came up to the edge and said, hi, how are you doing? And you said, not so good. I'm in this pit and I cannot get out. Oh, okay, well, listen, um, just say my name, say Jesus, and I'll see you later. And he walks off, and there you are. You're still in the pit. So you haven't been saved. You haven't been delivered. You know, the pit is a horrible thing. It's a quicksand pit. You, have a, uh, you begin to sink deeper and deeper. And that's what sin is like. And that's why Jesus doesn't come up and shake your hand or just say, me too, uh, or say, yes, I believe, and some little weak thing like that. But Jesus comes to pull you out of the pit. He comes to save you from the very things or deliver you from the very things that are swallowing you up and destroying your life, confusing your mind. Now, once that's happened, and that happens through you're saying, Lord, I'm sorry that I'm in this horrible pit and all the contributing factors that I have put into being in this horrible pit. I've been stubborn. I've been proud. I've been 
so many different things, disobedient. And uh, so here I am. I'm in this horrible pit. And I'm sorry, Lord. I'm really sorry. And I, I don't want to be in this pit anymore. I don't want to take the steps that I've taken to get in this pit anymore and head in that direction. I don't want to go downward anymore. I want to go the other direction. I want to go towards you. I want to go forward. So this is what the Bible calls repentance. We repent of our sins. And then the Bible teaches that we are to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And it's for the full pardon of all of our sins. And having done that, then the Bible teaches that the Lord will fill us with His Holy Spirit. Okay? When He does this, then we're saved. We're no longer in the pit. We're no longer in sin. We're no longer in darkness. The Lord has delivered us or saved us from all of that mess. Okay? And now we're in the body of Christ known as the church. Now the church is not this building. Neither is it the building next door. The, the, the block and the mortar and the cement, that's not the church. That's the church house. That's the place that keeps us out of the heat or the rain, the mosquitoes, and so on and so forth. But the church is people, people who have come out of the horrible pit by the salvation of God, people who have come out of darkness and misery, and now they're in the body of Christ, the church. Now they have, instead of darkness, they have light. Instead of sickness, they have healing. Many other contrasts could I give to you. But the beautiful thing is that once you come into the church, the body of Christ, then we pick up with the book of Romans. And these are from Romans to Revelation, are letters. They're the rest of the books of the New Testament. They are letters uh, or messages that have been given to the church, the church family, on how to now stay saved. I brought you out of the pit. I've had you to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. So you're, you've come out of the old ways of doing things. And people will think it's strange, but you should tell yourself it's not strange. <laughs> but people will think it's strange that you don't go to the same places you used to go to and do the same things you used to do and act the same way. They're going to think it's strange that you don't run to the same excesses Okay, of evil and riotous living. You don't do that anymore. You're, you're not wanting to, to live wild and crazy and ungoverned un, uh, anymore. You don't want to be that way anymore. You've come out of that. You've been saved from that. You don't want to be a drunk anymore. God's delivered you from the desire for the alcohol. He's delivered you from the desire, the horrible pit of drugs and so many other things that you get saved from or delivered from. And he's done that for you, and you're in his church, and now the teaching is telling you or teaching you and instructing you how to stay out of the pit, how to stay saved, okay? Now, the only way that it's once saved, always saved, is if you stay saved, okay? And the only way that it's once in grace, always in grace, is if you stay in grace. It's that simple. Now, if you teach it correctly, the Bible way, then you do have an eternal security because God's salvation is eternal. But it, you're the only one that can throw it away. You're the only one for yourself that can walk away from it. You're the only one that can jump out of his hand back into the horrible pit. Okay, No devil is big enough to do that. No devil has power enough 
to do that. All right? So please remember that the foundation is what you want to be sure and steadfast in your life. You want it to be solid. You don't want anything weak. You don't want to be lacking in the good steel of the Word of God that needs to be in your heart. As you, like the Bible said, Jesus made it plain, he said, in Luke chapter 6, he said, um, somebody comes to him and they hear what he has to say and they do what he has to say. Okay? They hear his sayings, they hear his word, and they do them. Then in so doing, the Bible said that person is likened unto a wise person who dug deep and laid the foundation on a rock, as opposed to the person who hears Jesus' sayings but does not do them. And consequently, they try to build without a foundation. And the difference between the two is that the one on the foundation, it stands the test of the storm. Whereas the one who was, was not wise and he built without a foundation, then when the storm came, that house fell. And the Bible said, great was the fall of it. So we want to realize that the Lord said, I'm offering you my foundation. That's what I'm offering to you. I'm laying in the church a foundation. It's a sure foundation. 1 Corinthians 3 and 11 said, Other foundation can no man lay. Now, many denominations, many religious groups have gone about to do their own thing. As it is written in 1 John 2 and 19, they went out from us. Now, what is he talking about? He's teaching the church that when Jesus started the church, the body of Christ, and as they went and filled Jerusalem, that's where he started the church, the city of Jerusalem, and as he, they filled Jerusalem with the doctrine of Jesus Christ, then the Lord so arranged things that they begin to reach out to other cities, other places. And in so doing, then they begin to fill the whole known world with the truth, with the message, okay? And then the Bible teaches that in doing that, that there were people who begin to turn against the truth. They went as time went by, and they begin to go from 33 AD and got closer to the third century, 300 years. Then, and the church had been operating and winning people and teaching them the foundation. But now there were those that rose up, those that fell away, those that didn't want to stay with what was the truth according to Jesus Christ and those he gave it to. And so they begin to depart from the faith, having an evil, wicked, and unbelieving heart. And they left the foundation, and they begin to think on their own. They begin to uh, ascribe to philosophies and the teachings of men and spirits. And so they went to another city and start, tried to start their own work, and they did city called Rome. They were the ruling power of the world. And they joined hands with the ruler of Rome, the emperor. And they began to make their own religion. And they began to come up with their own ideas. And they were definitely fueled by the enemy, Satan, the devil. And their teachings and their thoughts were not of God. And so 
there came about a great falsehood, a great false doctrine, all in the name of religion. And it did not stop there. Because they did that, and the enemy just kept on finding somebody else, and there were people that left them and went out and started another religion. And then people rose up in that one, and they went out and started another religion. And so it just kept on until it's still happening right today, almost 2,000 years later. The same thing has taken place. So they have left the sure foundation in an attempt to lay another foundation, which your Bible said right here, 1 Corinthians 3 and 11, other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. That's why your Bible said that it was the stone or the rock that was set aside, set apart. They said, we don't want that. They rejected it. The builders rejected it. He was foretelling that the Jewish people of that time when Jesus died on the cross and then poured out His Spirit after He rose again from the dead. He was foretelling that they would reject this truth. They would reject Him who is the cornerstone, the headstone of the sure foundation and that there is no other that anybody could ever lay. This is what the Spirit gave and what He gave is right. He is the lawgiver and He is the builder. And except the Lord build the house, the Scripture said, they that labor, labor in vain. They that watch, watch in vain. It's not going to do any good. You can, you can do all kinds of uh, ideas of man, but it's just a waste. You're beating against the air. You're never hitting the target. You're never getting it right. We've got to come back to God's Word, and we've got to start with His foundation. And we've got to get that foundation straight in our minds and realize that we can never, ever, ever lay another foundation. Now, Ephesians 2 and 20 tells us that, and ye are talking to the church now, saying to them, but this is what you're coming to. This is what is taught in the Bible. This is what was taught by Jesus and given to His church, and His taught, church has taught it all these years and continues to teach it. And what He's saying is, and you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. So this is what you come to when you come here at this building, at this address. You're coming to the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, meaning that we're going to teach you what He taught them and what they taught everybody while they were alive and handed down and the next generation and handed it down. And that's why we have, the Bible said, a common faith and a common salvation. This is not something that started yesterday. This was not something that was thought up and dreamed up by man or woman. This is what the Almighty God, the everlasting, eternal Spirit gave to the church when He birthed them, when they came and gathered together as He instructed them in His last instructions before that glorified body of Christ Jesus ascended up into heaven, then He gave them instructions to receive the Holy Ghost and to bring repentance and remission of sins to everybody in the name of Jesus Christ and to wait for the promise of the Spirit, the gift of the Holy Ghost, which they did. They went to the upper room of the church house, they worshiped and praised Him, and God's Spirit came in and filled them with the gift of the Holy Ghost. They then baptized people in Jesus' name, having preached to them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were added to the church, the body of Christ. These were people just like you who came out of darkness, 
came out of religions, came out of other persuasions, and came into his marvelous light. And they began to build upon the foundation that they were taught to build upon. They were taught to repent of their sins. They were taught to be baptized in Jesus' name, and they were. They were taught to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and they did. And this placed them in the body of Christ. This gave them a sure foundation, and this helped them to be built upon that foundation, okay, which made them wise because they were building with the foundation uh, made up of the ingredients that the Lord gave to them. It was not of man, but it was of God. You can, you can trace every denomination, every religious group. You, historically, you can trace them back to their founder. You can find out what year they started, what century they started. But if you want what Jesus started, then you come to this Bible. And you go right in the Word of God and you read it for yourself. And we will teach it to you and you can follow along and you can read it. Now on the radio, most mornings, most Sunday mornings, I tell people, open your Bible and look at what I'm preaching. Look at it and read it for yourself. We have nothing to hide. We have nothing to run from. We don't leave things out and we don't add things. We believe the Word of God, chapter and verse, in subject matter, where you rightly divide the Word of truth. You can liken it to a puzzle and if you took all the pieces and put them on the table then you begin to put them together and if you get the right one with the right one with the right one you're going to get a picture at the end of this thing and so it is when we put the chapter and verse in subject matter if you want to know how they baptized in the Bible then you go and study all the scriptures on water baptism if you want to know about the Holy Ghost then you study all the scriptures on receiving the Holy Ghost and they give you a picture the subject matter gives you a picture and you find that you can do things just like Jesus gave it to them to do it's you don't want to change anything you don't want to leave something out or add something or put what the Bible forbids a private interpretation that is forbidden in the scripture we are to give God's interpretation the Holy Ghost his spirit will give to us the correct understanding of the Word of God and he will do it by his word he will show us in the subject matter of his word 2nd Timothy 2 and 19 tells you that nevertheless the foundation of God standeth sure the foundation of the church and the truth that Jesus Christ when he told Peter the Apostle he said he said to all the disciples he said whom do men say that I am and they begin to quote to them what people say, what people, uh, what do we call it, the poll. They took a poll and the public opinion poll and people began to say the things that they thought. Some thought he was Jeremiah. Some thought he was uh, one of the old prophets risen up. Some thought he was Elijah. Different ones had different opinions. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got a private interpretation. Everybody's got, I thought so. And this is what I believe. You know, everybody's got that junk going on. But Jesus, Jesus kept probing. And he said, he said, well, who do you say that I am? Never mind everybody else running their mouths. Who do you say that I am? You've been with me. I've been teaching you. Come on, who do you say that I am? And that's when the Holy Ghost spoke through Peter and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're not just another one. You're not an also ran. You're not an imposter here. You are the Son, the flesh. You are the Son of the living God. You're the Messiah. And Jesus confirmed what he said. And he 
said, well, you didn't get that from flesh and blood. You didn't get that from standing on the street corner, jawing away with people. You didn't get that from private interpretation. He said, you didn't find that in some religious book somewhere, a blue one, a pink one, a red one, a purple one. He said, no, you got that from the Spirit. And he said, blessed are you for that because you, can't, you can only get it when you get it from above. And that's what your Bible teaches, okay? And every good and every perfect gift cometh from above, from the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness. He changes not. In whom is no variableness, okay, nor shadow of darkness. There's no darkness there. It's light. It's marvelous light. And it's going to show you, not only going to search you to every crevice of, of you, every in, inner part of you, your heart, your mind, but it's also going to dispel all doubt and all fear and all unbelief and bring light in every area so you can see where you're going and what you're doing and what you're believing. And we, you always want to know why you believe what you believe. You don't want to believe because somebody else told you something coming up. You, even our own children that come up in the church here, the church house and taught in Sunday school, we show them the Word of God. And we explain to them why we believe what we believe, why we teach what we teach. And here it is, right here, chapter and verse, subject matter, so that you can have a complete understanding. And that is exactly what you want. So notice he said, nevertheless. Now when he said, nevertheless, in 2 Timothy 2.19, what he was saying was, in spite of all the opposition. Now remember, Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail. Okay? Blessed art thou, Simon for Jonah. And that which you've gotten, you've gotten from the Spirit. I give to you the keys of the kingdom. And he gave it to all the disciples. And everybody that gets his truth gets the keys to this great foundation, this great truth, this great message. And he made it crystal clear to him that you now have this and, the, and you're going to have opposition. The enemy is going to come against you, okay? And in coming against you, you're going to have to realize that the enemy is not going to prevail. Like I told you, only you can do it. You can jump out of his hand. You can give it up. You can throw it away. But the devil, nobody can take it from you by force. That can't happen. And everybody said, praise the Lord. So, nevertheless, in spite of all the opposition, in spite of all the things that the enemy will bring against you, as a, as a born-again son and daughter of God, being in the church, being in the body of Christ, you have to expect there to be opposition. The enemy's not going to lay down and just go away, you know, because you came in the church, because you repented, and because you got baptized in Jesus' name, because you got filled with the Holy Ghost. He's not just going to run away, okay? He's going to maybe go away for a little while, but he's going to turn right around and come back at you with much force because he doesn't want you to have this truth. He doesn't want you to believe this message. And he's particularly going to attack you when you're a brand new baby in Christ. And he's going to figure that you're uh, defenseless. But he, he finds out he's a diehard. He has to find out every time again and again and again that you are protected. You are protected by the Spirit of the Lord. You are protected by the body of Christ. And you are protected by the angels of the Lord, okay? Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. So nevertheless, in spite of opposition, in spite of difficulties, in spite of challenges, in spite of family and so-called friends, okay, in spite of all of these different things, 
He said the foundation of God standeth sure. You'll find that this foundation that you will have can withstand anything that the enemy brings against it. Okay? Anything. Be it family, be it friends, whatever it might be, any kind of temptation uh, to go back to the old lifestyle, you hang in with the Word of God, you stay with the foundation, and you'll be a wise individual, and you'll find out that this is a sure foundation. This foundation is not unstable. You know, in, in our part of the world, if you don't do things right, for whatever little reason, you're going to find that things get mighty wavy and break up and tear apart. So you want to do it correctly here. We, this foundation that Jesus Christ gives to us, if we will obey that foundation, we will do things right, we will build it right, build, the Bible said, as a wise master builder, that we will then find that we, our foundation that the Lord has given to us will stand. It will not break up. It will not get wavy, so to speak. And it will not uh, be something that will cause you to doubt. But the foundation of God will stand sure. The foundation of God will support you. The foundation of God will give you e uh, uh, an eternal security in the sense of what I explained it to be. He will, you don't have to worry, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? I've had people ask me in, in classes and when we'd go and teach to other places and they'd say, well, am I, am I saved? Well, if you've got to ask that, you've got a problem. Okay? This is a no-so salvation. You get baptized in Jesus' name and all your sins are forgiven and God fills you with the Holy Ghost, you're going to know it. You're not going to be wondering about it. Okay? You're going to know. And every day you will be taught from the Word of God. Every day you repent you overcome. Every day you renew. Every day you get recharged. And every day you go forward in the power of His might. And everybody said praise the Lord. So he said nevertheless the foundation of God standeth sure. Let everyone that names the name of Jesus Christ, let him depart from iniquity or sin and lawless living. Nobody tells me what to do. Nobody governs and that's what we get saved from, from what's called an untoward generation, or meaning an ungovernable, ungovernable, disobedient, wild, rebellious generation. God save us from that because that's the attitude of this world, okay? That's their attitude. Nobody tells me what to do. I don't recognize any authority. I do whatever I want to do, go wherever I want to go. Well, in doing all that, people are descending further and further into the pit. And they're more and more miserable. I don't know if you read in the paper yesterday, but there's um, the famous case of the Manson gang and how they had gone on a killing spree out in California and they had killed uh, a bunch of women and one of them with child, eight months, I believe, with child. And um, so they were caught and they were convicted. And California had changed its, uh, its law about the death penalty, so they were wound up being in prison for all of their lives. And the one girl was, was very young. I don't know if she was 16 or 18 or 20. Very young, though. Picture of her in the paper. And then they had a picture of her now as she just died, and that's why it was in the paper. She's the first one of this gang to die in jail. And uh, she, uh, if you could see the picture, the, you know, the before and the after, when she was so young and, and felt so sure of herself and could kill somebody maliciously and, and in cold blood and defenseless and just kill them and uh, filled with all kinds of hate doctrine and, and things that were she ascribed to and believed in 
and how that her trial, she had no remorse whatsoever. She was proud of what she did. But when she was dying of brain cancer, and when her last uh, attempt to get out on parole so that she could, you know, die at home, when that, when you see the difference, then there's no, now it's, I'm sorry for what I did. Now I owe everybody a debt. But you know, all of that can't bring back the person that she killed, you know, or that baby, unborn babe. Uh, but what a difference I'm trying to say of that I do what I want to do and now I'm old and I'm sick and I'm dying and I don't feel that way anymore. Well, I want to tell you we all need to wake up to righteousness. We need to wake up now. Today is the day of salvation. Now is your opportunity to tell the Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord, for everything I've done wrong. Now is your opportunity to get a full pardon from the governor a king of kings who wants to sign it in his blood because when you're baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, you are washed in his blood and all your sins are fully pardoned. And when you come up out of the water, then you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and you'll be on that foundation. It's not a rickety foundation. It's not an unsure foundation. Okay, you ever see the two mountains and they put that that little walk thing across it made out of slats and rope. I don't like walking across those things. My goodness, man, you're, you're swaying and you're moving every way and you're worried that things are going to break under you. But that's not the, the foundation of God. The foundation of God is solid. It's sure. It's a sure foundation. It's going to be there, okay? It's not here today and gone tomorrow. This is solid. This is sure. This gives you stability and it gives you security. It gives you what you have need of. You have need of principles. You have need of basics. Let me tell you, when, uh, when uh, they just recently in the paper had a plane that went down, a small plane, and husband and wife and one child, the other child didn't make the trip, but one child and a, and a guest, and, they, and that plane went down and crashed, and they all died. This just happened just recently, a couple of days ago. And what I'm saying to you is that I promise you that pilot was trying to remember all of his basics, all of his principles of what they teach you about when your engine goes out or when something goes wrong. There's things that you're taught and you certainly want to start doing those things in an attempt to survive the problem. I want to tell you something. There's a foundation. There are basics. There are principles. And you want to learn them because when the enemy comes in like a flood, you want to have good chapter and verse to fend him off and cast him out and know why you believe what you believe. You need, you need those principles. You need those basics. And I tell you, young people, they want principles. They want basics. Now, they may grouse around when you tell them certain things, but uh, truthfully, they know that it gives them boundaries. They know where the line is, and it gives them a sense of security that we care. The church cares. Jesus cares. And that's why we're bringing to you the right thing. That's why we're bringing to you a sure foundation. That's why we're bringing to you the fundamentals or the basics, the basics of the Scripture and of salvation. You want that, and believe me, everybody wants it. Even when people lash out, a simple Bible example, two men find themselves on the outside of everybody. Nobody can do anything with them, not the, not the wives, not the children, not the aunts, the uncles, the cousins, not townspeople. Nobody could do anything with them. 
and they found themselves in the catacombs, in the caves, and there were sharp rocks in there, and they were so wild and unruly and hurting themselves all the time. People don't realize when they get outside the boundaries and they don't and they go against the basics, they're only hurting themselves. You're only bringing pain and misery to yourself, and that's what they did. Jesus got in a boat one day and said, we're going over here and let's get going. And when he stepped on the shore, this one individual of the two, he ran out of those catacombs and came to Jesus Christ and fell at his feet. I'm telling you people, no matter how crazy and wild they are, they want boundaries. They want principles. And deep down inside, they're looking for somebody to help them. And there's nobody that can give the help that Jesus Christ gives. Let me tell you, no psychologist, no leather couch, no nothing, no drug, no prescription. Nothing's going to give to you what you really need except Jesus Christ. The experience that he promises to people who will start listening to what he has to say and start building with a foundation. So nevertheless, the foundation of God, in spite of everything, the foundation of God stands sure. And if you're going to name him, if you're going to claim him, then you must depart from sin. Okay? You get delivered from sin. You see, I've told you many times, uh, Brother Marvin worked down the street a couple of years ago, maybe three or four years ago, and, and uh, he worked at, a, at the dealership, and some guy walking around there, and I went down one day to get a part, and I saw Marvin, and I was talking to him, and all of a sudden, this guy comes out, and he's got a shirt on, and in the front is Apostle, and the back it's got some other scripture written on it. And I'm like, uh, whoa. I said, so who's the, who's, the, who's the dude? What's going on? He goes, oh, said he's, uh, he claims to be an Apostle, and he cusses like a sailor. So nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure. If you're going to name him, you see, you don't name him out of this side and cuss out of this side. You know, uh, that's very plain in your Bible that that's... that's doesn't go. That doesn't work. Okay? We don't bring forth both the bitter and the sweet from the same fountain. We don't do that. And so you don't claim him and continue in sin. We get delivered from sin. This foundation is offering to pull you out of that that has no foundation and set you on the rock. Okay? Jesus said, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And all this time and then right on through into uh, the first resurrection, when Jesus takes the church out of here, this foundation is going to be sure. It's going to be steadfast. It's going to be unmovable. It's going to be right there, and you can count on it. You can count on it every day of your life. It'll keep you when you're young, and it'll keep you when you're old. It'll keep you through every storm and every test and every trial. Nevertheless, the foundation of God, in other words, standeth sure. Now, I want to leave with you this morning in closing the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. Number one is repentance. This is on your handout. Number two, which we have covered repentance. You should have that in your binder. Number two is faith toward God. Now, you can have faith towards lots of things. You know, there's people had faith in the Titanic, and they went to the bottom, and they all perished. You can misplace your God-given faith. You can put your faith in people on the television who, you know, do all these things, you know, make all these movements, and, and somehow, you know, it just wows you, you know. And you can listen to people on the radio, and the only thing they have to give for 15 minutes is announcements. There's no chapter and verse. There's no word of God. Sing a little song, give 55 announcements, and, you know, make sure you make our service so we can take a big offering from you, you know. And you got to have faith towards God. 
towards God. You've got to get direction with your faith here. Okay? You don't want to misplace your faith. You don't want to put it in the wrong thing lest you wind up going in the wrong direction. Okay? So faith is trusting and believing. A is believe, B is trust. Okay? Those are two ways to help you. And we had a lesson, I believe, here last week on trusting or believing to salvation. Okay? Number three, baptisms is a, a fundamental. It's plural because there's water baptism and then there's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And yet they are both, according to Ephesians 4 and 5, concluded to be the one baptism. The one baptism of the new birth, the new birth baptism that consists of two parts, water and spirit. So in other words, Jesus said you must be born. He didn't say you can if you want to be. You know, There are people that will tell you come and shake my hand and you're saved and then come again and we'll pray for you and and, and you know you get a second work of grace and then come again and, and you can receive the Holy Ghost if you want to, don't have to you know there's all kinds of false teaching out there but that's not what the Bible says and that's what you always want to come back to the basics, the foundation the chapter and the verse in subject matter, come back to that okay, so Jesus said you must be born again off water and off the spirit okay, so there's baptism in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And then there's receiving the free gift of the Holy Ghost. These two make up these baptisms that are taught in the fundamentals or the basics of the body of Christ. Number four is laying on of hands. We lay hands on people to receive the Holy Ghost. We lay hands on people for uh, devils to be casted out. We lay hands on people for them to be healed of whatever sickness they might have or disease. And we also lay hands uh, in a deeper sense when it comes to ordination. Okay, number five is resurrection of the dead. There is going to be a general resurrection of the dead. And when you start talking about resurrection of the dead, again, you have two parts. You have the part will be those, the dead in Christ, which is a qualification there, the dead in Christ as opposed to, to those that will be at the general resurrection, and I should say the dead in Christ is the first resurrection, blessed and holy is he to have part, commonly referred to by people as the rapture. Rapture is not a Bible word, but it is synonymous with a catching away. So, and there's no, you don't have to have a false doctrine around that, so it can be used, okay? But I prefer to stay with the scriptural term, first resurrection, and that catching away and gathered unto him. Those are Bible terms. So this resurrection of the dead in Christ is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that part in it. Okay? And then you have the general resurrection where the throne will descend and one will sit upon the throne and death will give up. Hell will give up the dead. Death will give up the dead. And they will all stand before the Spirit and they will have to hear their judgment. And this is sometimes referred to as the second death when they will then be cast up alive into the lake of fire. Not a, not a happy subject, not a pretty thing to have to talk about, but you know what? Fear, healthy, godly, fear, respect, and reverence can be a great guideline for you. It can be something to help keep you in line. All right? Everybody said praise the Lord. And of course, number six comes on, and this is the sixth basic fundamental teaching, eternal judgment. Eternal judgment. That's what I said. That throne will come down and people will be judged and then they will be cast into the lake of fire. The lake of fire will swallow up everything that is not gone with Jesus and to be with Jesus. 
In other words, death and hell will be cast alive into the lake of fire also. So as I said, this is the double death, eternal judgment. There is no uh, reprieve. There is no appeal. There is no way to get out once you're cast into there. So again, it comes back to today as a day of salvation. You're living in the time when grace is still extended to you, and you have an opportunity, no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter your skin color, no matter your nationality, no matter anything, does not make any. He died once and for all. And he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, so I hope that you will go over this times of study or uh, you know when you want to refresh your memory and at any time I want to make it clear if you ever have a question if you'll just write it down and then hand it in to me uh, I will address it for you we will have a class one morning when we will uh, have questions that you've written in about and we will attempt to answer them by the Bible by chapter and verse and everybody said praise the Lord I remember answering a question for Brother Colbert many years ago. And uh, here he is. Because he got the right answer. He got the Bible answer. Okay? And that's good to ask because it's Sunday school. Okay? Everybody said amen? amen? All right. Let's stand together. Let's worship the Lord here. Magnify the Lord. Te adoras 